Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Warriors, Warriors, come out to play. Show me you want to be here. Show me you want to win. Show me you want to, you have that killer instinct. I do look at myself as being one of the most dominant fighters in MMA history. He didn't know it was going to be a buffet, though. He thought it was going to be a three-piece. Now you're getting the whole MGM Grand Buffet to the face, man. everybody welcome to another episode of the rj ringside podcast it's heidi fang here with our boxing writer sam gordon our mma writer adam hill and we're going to break down all the latest happening right now in combat sports and we're brought to you by deal dash bet online and sunday ticket check out the show wherever you find your podcast and hit subscribe and also on reviewjournal.com slash podcast for everything up to the minute on sports talk especially with raiders we have a bunch of co- podcasts there as well that you can check out so guys let's get into it right Right now with what's happening uh, first of all let's go to the MMA front where there's a lot happening in the UFC here in Las Vegas there's going to be a big fight card there again I believe this is UFC Vegas 8 I'm trying to keep up but the numbers are they all got different Adam all during COVID times and also they kept changing them up it was like ESPN 13 14 15 and now it's like UFC Vegas 8 for the hashtags anyhow I, I digress. The, the fight, Anthony Smith, Alexander Rekic. Let's talk about this one and what it means to the division. Adam, what do you got for us on this one? So, uh, first of all, I, I can say I don't blame you for not knowing. I mean, it is UFC Vegas 8, so good job on that. Uh, but it also is known as UFC Fight Night 175 or UFC on ESPN Plus 33. Uh, we have completely spiraled out of control in terms of the naming conventions uh, on these MMA cards. But uh, either way, uh, as you said, Anthony Smith, I think that's the, the, the name to focus on here, uh, mostly because you know he's a guy who obviously rose up the ranks, got the title shot, uh, and then we saw him last – uh, in you know one of these empty venue shows, uh, going through that fight against Glover Teixeira, which was so controversial uh, in terms of everybody reacting, and you know I found it very intriguing just to follow that conversation because Anthony Smith was in a spot where he had almost no chance to win. He was getting you know pummeled and destroyed after a really good start early on. He you know Teixeira turned the tables. Anthony Smith just got beat up. And it was tough to watch. It was brutal to watch, especially coming on the heels of, you know, a very famous story of him, you know, having his house invaded and fighting off uh, the home invader and everything that he went through. And then all of a sudden you just see him getting beat up so badly. And it was so kind of sad uh, to see it. But then the the follow up to it, like the reaction of the MMA world, why didn't the corner stop the fight? Should they have stopped the fight? Should more fights be stopped by the corners? I think created a lot of dialogue. Uh, I saw Anthony Smith again talking about it this week and you know, I thought that was fascinating, and you know, I think Sam, this has kind of been in the in the boxing world too, in terms of when should a coach throw in the towel, and you see it more in boxing than you do in MMA. Uh, but in the MMA world, there's it doesn't happen a lot. Coaches don't do it a lot, and and I feel like as somebody who is all about the safety of the fighters, you want to see it more, but you also understand like fighters they get paid more for winning. Like they're out there, they want to win. They're warriors. If they weren't, they wouldn't be doing this. And one of the things Anthony Smith said this week 
was, hey, listen, I understand where people are coming from. I get it. I was getting mauled and massacred and beaten and bloodied, and it looked terrible. He said, but as a fighter, you just don't know how you're going to react in certain situations. He's like, I would have doubt forever. Like, could I have rallied? Could I have come back? Can my body react the right way to being in that position? And it also helps you in life. He said, you know, we talked about that home invasion. He was able to fight off that guy. Everybody thinks if there's a dude in your house coming after your stuff, you'll fight him. He's like, but would you? Like, you don't know until you're in that position. You don't know until it, you're faced with it. And he said same thing with the fight. I didn't know how I would react. I didn't know if I'd be able to make it through it. I did. I understand that about myself. Maybe I didn't want to go through it. Maybe I shouldn't have gone through it. But I did, and I learned something about myself. So I found that pretty intriguing as Anthony Smith uh, comes back to fight this weekend. Well, you make a, a fantastic point in the the topic of you know throwing in the towel or the corner stopping the fight. I mean, you, instantly I think of Wilder Fury, right, where Tyson Fury had was controlling the fight. Deontay Wilder had lost his bearings. He was having trouble standing, and his corner threw in the towel. And Wilder, of course, says, you know, I didn't want to go out like that. I was ready to die on my shield. I am a warrior. To your point, these guys are the best in the world at what they do because of that mentality, because of that warrior mentality, because of the courage that they had demonstrated throughout their lives to get to the point where they're in those kind of fights of that magnitude. So it is a polarizing topic of conversation. Um, luckily, Smith, like you said, uh, made it out okay and has different kind of perspective on it. And May, who knows? Maybe this does give him a, a, a different kind of uh, mentality going into this fight, knowing that, hey, look, I've I've been to hell and back in the, in the octagon. I can take this. Um, what, 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 what am I going to do next? So that is uh, something that we'll have to wait and see what happens with this one as he tries to rebound from that to share a fight, as Adam mentioned. And Anthony Smith is somebody that, as he showed in that fight, has a ton of heart, hence the nickname Lionheart. I mean, he's a guy that's not going to quit. He's not going to quit on the future, I think, of his MMA career. I mean, he's had somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 fights now, and now he's taken on a guy in Rechick that has uh, 14 fights, a 12-2 and two record, as we've seen. So uh, this is somebody that the UFC has been really promoting to see, uh, you know, with uh, the knockout reels and all that kind of stuff and to see where he goes. So at this point, are we looking at this one as if Anthony Smith doesn't get a win in this fight, Adam, does he suddenly become like just a gatekeeper for this division? Uh, yes and no. I think I think yes, it, it's going to be tough for him to kind of rally back, especially after that fight against Teixeira the, to then come through another loss. But we also have to remember this is a division now that has no more John Jones. Like John Jones is gone, at least for now. He has given up the title. He is up at heavyweight. There is a mad scramble. You know, we've got uh, we've got the title picture kind of set up, but after that, there, there's a lot of guys that are just kind of fighting it out for those next couple of spots. And Anthony Smith is a guy who has a title fight before. He's got a little bit of name recognition, so he will be able to kind of. Sc- scrap and claw his way back through these contenders but you don't want to lose this one this is a big uh, a big fight for him to try to stay kind of relevant in the division and uh there's that fight and then right behind it and uh i know heidi you're excited about this as, as well as everybody else is but robbie lawler's back three straight losses former champion uh been a year since he was in there but he's back and, and i think this is the fight that a lot of people have circled much more than the main event here uh, on saturday as robbie lawler uh, doesn't get, you know, everybody loves him. Everybody wants to see, cheer for him, be there for him. No fans, but uh, I think Robbie Lawler was kind of made for this kind of environment. Like, just get out there and fight. Yeah, this is totally Robbie Lawler's neighborhood, especially as long as he has been a fighter. He's been out there, one of the, uh, I guess, OGs of the sport, if you will, whether or not it was in a legitimate cage or not. I know this guy has been around fighting since uh, fightings began. So I think Robbie Lawler, this is going to be a good one for him and somebody who's always game to put up uh, a fight. But Neil Magny, something that's always interesting with me, uh, with Neil Magny, is he is such 
an extensive reach. And up until recently, we really haven't seen him utilize that reach too much. I mean, uh, it's something that's always fascinated me. I think his reach is just shy of John Jones's uh, as far as length and how far he can extend out to, I think it's an 82-inch reach, which is crazy when you think about it for the welterweight division. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see how that works out because uh, if he can keep Robbie Lawler on the outside, which is probably what he'd want to do in this fight, not let him get in and blast him with uppercuts or crazy power shots, that that could fare to Neil Magny's advantage. Uh, yeah, so so that's that's a fight. Certainly, a lot of people have circled. They want to see Robbie Lawler, uh, see what he can do in his uh, in his bounce back this week uh, as we continue fights over uh, at the Apex. And, and listen, this card has some names on. I don't think there's the the matchups necessarily that people are excited about, uh, but there's some names that people are going to be familiar with. Again, you know, title contenders got you know people like Ricardo Lamas being on the card. Uh, I think you look at Alexa Grasso, who certainly is uh, is in the mix there. Uh, she's on the main card as well. And you know, we are in Las Vegas and the card is in Las Vegas and Emily Whitmire is uh, somebody who came through tough and she's a local and she's on the card too so I think uh, some definitely definitely some name recognition on this card even if the main event uh, I don't know how many you know eyeballs that draws I don't know how many people, how many people get fired up uh, to tune into that uh, but you know, we will see also if there's the Dana White bump because Dana White, a big spotlight this week, uh, speaking at the Republican convention. Uh, a lot of people maybe are, you know, maybe fans of of President Trump and heard Dana White's passionate defense of President Trump to say, OK, like this guy is putting on shows and he talked about how sports is helping bring things back. Does that help out a little bit to get some eyeballs in the card? We'll find out. Uh, but certainly uh, that is. Uh, that was the big news, I think, of the week for the UFC to have Dana White once again uh, speaking at the Republican convention. And by the way, uh, the, the substance we can all debate over and argue about and, you know, everybody feels one way or the other. But he, he actually, I thought, gave a pretty solid presentation, at least of, you know, whether you believe him or not. Uh, it's a pretty solid presentation of the case and uh, did it from his office, did a tape, uh, unlike last year or last convention where he kind of screamed the whole time and it was a little uh, a little off. Uh, about it like it was a fight basically he was yeah. like and now from the red corner yeah. yeah yeah i think instead he just kind of uh he just kind of went more political speech which you know he he pulled it off so so good for dana white and we'll see if uh maybe that generated some interest to people to check out the ufc but i think they've been doing pretty well they've been uh drawing some pretty good numbers uh, with what they're doing over at the apex and you know once again a chance for people to tune in and uh and check it out alex caceres on this card too again not those big time matchups but definitely some names that uh, people are going to be familiar with and then the other thing that's happening in sports, and, and we'll get Sam in on this because there's some boxing this weekend too, I'm very interested to see some of the uh, reaction in terms of social justice this week uh, on some of these fight cards because we've seen it with a lot of teams in, the, in sports. A lot of teams sat out practice, you know, NBA, NHL, WNBA, uh, MLS. All these teams uh, decided to not play, to not participate in, in, in activities, and that was teams making those decisions. These are individuals that are competing, both in boxing and MMA, so a chance to, to really kind of express yourself even a little bit more. Uh, and I am intrigued to find out what we, what we see in terms of fighters this weekend and, and maybe making some stances, making some, some speeches. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, this is a, you know, a unique kind of platform where these fighters represent pretty much themselves, and, you know, they're promoters to a, to a, to a certain degree. But um, to your point, Adam, um, especially with social justice going on, I mean, I wonder if any fighters, particularly in the UFC, given that Dana was just at the Republican convention speaking on behalf of Donald Trump, 
might you see some type of protest, especially in that form? That that that's what I'm most curious to see about this week. You know, this weekend, how do the black fighters and Latino fighters and fighters that aren't from here feel about him doing that, and will they address that this weekend? That to me is the the number one thing I'm I'm going to be watching. I'm going in this weekend with the with the fight cards. Yeah, and we know last time Alex Caceres fight fought, excuse me, he had put up his fist and he said, you know, Black Lives Matter, and he made a very impassioned uh, post-fight speech about it. So we'll see if he does that again. He's somebody who's been very vocal during all this time of social injustice, and uh, he's somebody I think that also carries a very good disposition as far as how he carries himself uh, and puts out his messages. He does it in a very, like, today we're actually at Raiders practice, and John Gruden said something to the effective to get educated about it well i feel like bruce leroy i love that nickname by the way alex caceres has uh really done that he's done his homework he's very educated on the topic and he speaks so just composed and measured about it and i I appreciate his approach to this uh, everything that's happening around the world so right here let's take our quick break and when we come back we're going to hear all about what's happening with boxing maybe talk a little bit about manny pacquiao so stay tuned here on the rj ringside podcast Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's one of the best bidding sites where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at zero and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code RINGSIDE or DealDash.FM slash RINGSIDE. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash RINGSIDE. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Welcome back to the RJ Ringside Podcast. It's Heidi Fang, Sam Gordon, and Adam Hill. We're talking all things combat sports. So, Sam, something I wanted to get into was Manny Pacquiao talking about, first of all, that he wasn't going to fight at all this year, that he's going to stay focused on helping his country uh, through these times and with the COVID crisis, and that he may look to come back in 2021. What have you got for us on that? Yeah, uh, Freddie Roach telling Boxing Scene he doesn't expect Manny to fight this year, and that Manny's politically active, you know, because that, that is taking a precedent that is a priority to him right now over boxing and it's just um you know it's kind of you know when you think back on, on Manny Pacquiao's legacy a lot of his marquee victories I mean he's been really politically active you know a senator in the Philippines for several years while being perhaps you know one of the greatest athletes that the country to ever come from the Philippines it's it's incredible uh, I think um 
you know, he's he's going to be 42. If he doesn't fight till next year, he'll he'll be 42. He turns 42 in December, and you'd think that, that the clock would be ticking. But you know, I thought that last time too, right? And then he comes out and schools Keith Thurman, pretty much walks right through him, knocks him down, and you know, early in the fight, and controls him on the cards. Uh, so you can't. This is a guy that you know, given that everything he's been through and everything he's accomplished, I wouldn't want to bet against. But uh, there, the, in terms of the marquee fights out there, I think. There is a timetable on those. Um, is he going to fight Mikey Garcia? That was the fight that was rumored to happen this summer. Is that going to get pushed back? Might Mikey have other options? That's always the thing with these fights is that possible opponents are going to want to get active too. How long is somebody going to want to wait for Manny Pacquiao? So we're going to see there. But um, you know, it's, I'm not surprised that this is who Manny Pacquiao is. He, he is you know, midway through his career. He kind of had a, a change where he wanted to be more active. He, he He's very religious. He's very outspoken about that. He's in uh, advocating for his fellow Filipinos, and it's part of what I think is to help to define his legacy as one of the greatest fighters in the history of the sport. As we talk about, you know, COVID concerns and all of that, uh, something's still happening here in Vegas, the bubble that's yeah. over at MGM. So there's still some fights happening uh, there. What is coming up this weekend, Sam? Yeah, big card there this weekend. Finally, uh, at 140 pounds, you have Jose Ramirez defending his WBC and WBO titles. Uh, he unified the belts last last year by beating uh, Maurice Hooker, stopping him in six rounds. And this fight, he's fighting Victor Pasto, who's a former champion. Uh, this fight was supposed to happen in February in China, and then it didn't because of the coronavirus. And then it was supposed to happen in May in Los Angeles, and then it didn't because of the coronavirus. So finally, they're going to get out there tomorrow or Saturday night, rather. Uh, taping this on a Friday afternoon, they're going to get out there Saturday night, uh, and, and it's you know it's, it's an interesting matchup. Um, I like Ramirez. I think Ramirez is the. I mean, he's a younger fighter. He's bigger. Um, I think he's he's going to be stronger. He's sharp. He's known for his ring IQ. But again, Postel's a former champion who lost his belt to Terence Crawford. Speaking of Terence Crawford, bear with me here. We're going to get to that in a second, but. Should Ramirez take care of business, there is a possible unification fight with Josh Taylor, who holds the other two belts that could happen down the road. He's defending his titles next month. Maybe we see an undisputed champion at 140, and if Ramirez takes care of business and becomes the undisputed champion, which he's very clear that that is his goal, you might see him vacate those belts and move up to 147 to possibly fight a Terrence Crawford. Uh, at 5'10", he's got the frame. He can he can put on a little bit more weight. He's 28. He's in his prime. He'll have conquered the 140-pound division. And right now, frankly, Terrence Crawford is having trouble finding fights. I mean, he's he hasn't fought since December. None of the top guys in the division seem to want to face him. Um, there's an offer out there to Kel Brook. Who's had some big time fights in the 147 pound division, but isn't isn't not, isn't quite necessarily elite in that weight class. So the, he might fight in November, but after that, he's going to need an opponent. So if Ramirez takes care of business, I think that would that's the first domino to fall in him possibly transitioning up to 147, moving up to welterweight, and taking on the top guys at that division. Sweet. All right. Well, I think we've about covered it all for today with what's happening around the combat sports world. So don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. We'll keep you up to date every week with all the latest happening around the combat sports world. And follow us all on Twitter at by Sam Gordon at Adam Hill LVRJ and I'm at Heidi Fang. And you can keep up with all of everything that is in the paper uh, in print as well as on ReviewJournal.com. So for both of the guys, that'll do for us here this week. We'll be back.
sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.